Back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Justin and Ailish. The Maple Leafs are wheeling and dealing on the West Coast. In Edmonton now, I suppose. After a busy, busy afternoon in Seattle. Who, boy. Three separate trades yielding one Luke Shen, one Eric Gustafson, a first-round pick, and, of course, Pierre Engvall and Rasmus Sandin going to their respective new cities. Bye-bye. Trimming the fat. Let's talk about that more. We have Jason Bukla, former director of amateur scouting with the Florida Panthers and current Sportsnet writer and analyst. And our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Jason, good morning. How are we? Well, we're fantastic. It survived yesterday, just like you guys probably did as well, obviously. Busy day. Busy day. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, my mind always goes to, like, I kind of wish I was on the radio right now. This would be fun. But then I was like, I kind of need the rest of the night to figure all this out in my head. Although there, <laughs> there really wasn't that much to figure out when you really boiled it down because the Leafs were just trying to get rid of, you know, the things that they thought were potential uh, landmines or pitfalls when they reach a postseason and just get a little bit tougher, I guess, uh, and also think to the future maybe a little bit or at least open up some flexibility with that first-round draft pick. What do you think the best way to describe Dubas's afternoon and I guess the last week and a half for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, complete 180 from what we probably would have expected over the last several years, and I think it uh, speaks to... Um, you know, not just being satisfied with how your roster performs in regular season, but but being realistic about um, what looks to be your opponent on the horizon and, and what your needs are going to be come playoff time. And and I think we uh, would all agree on this call that uh, the the group needed to add some toughness. There's there's no question. Um, and if you look at what's going on in just you know the Eastern Conference alone, it's like. Uh, it's like they're all fighting with each other pre-deadline, even before we get the playoffs here with uh, adding up with or loading up with certain type of character players. So I'm really excited about what the Leafs have done and probably as excited as I've ever been, uh, you know, in recent memory. Um, I'm dating myself back to the Pat Quinn years. You know, um, I think this is as good a team as, uh, as we've seen in Toronto, and I'm not hyperboling that. I think that this is as good an opportunity as they've had uh, to potentially do something in playoffs here with this type of roster. So I've always argued that you can't fake toughness. You can't just be like, hey, we'll go out and get Wayne Simmons. All of a sudden things will change. We'll keep the flies off. We'll be a tougher team because we've got one tough guy and maybe the tough guy. Uh, but w- w- that being said, you know, if it's not woven through the fabric, I guess maybe you can make yourself tougher through a series of trade deadline acquisitions. I mean, if you're adding the Acharis, the McCabe's, the Shens, Lafferty to extent, Ryan O'Reilly's, you know, a Lady Bing type of guy, but he's tough to play against. Like, is this team faking toughness now, or is it starting to be woven through the fabric a little bit? No, I think that it's going to be woven through the fabric. I mean, uh, the way you position that is is exactly correct. Uh, you know, inserting Wayne Simmons in the lineup once in a while, like if you're in Boston on the road or, or you know, I don't, pick a pick a spot, Tampa, Philly, I don't care. Like um, that doesn't identify your group as being team tough. I mean, what it does is it causes a momentary distraction, and but really, come playoff time, it, that's just a blip on the radar. There your opponent's not going to feed into that. So then what this has done here is you brought in players that identify uh, a certain way with their game. And, um, you know, I was breaking down a bunch of numbers even before yesterday, and I'm just trying to figure out, you know, how different guys are going to play to their identity. And 
Um, if, if you played that bottom line together as a fourth line, say Aston Reese with Achari and, and Lafferty, that group of three players alone have combined on the year 430 hits. So it's, 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 it's in that range. I took nine other forwards on the lease and I stopped at nine to add up to like 330. So if you, wow. you know, when you go from, from nine guys with 330 to that group who identifies as, as a hard, uh, you know, character group to play against, that speaks for itself. That's the way they play. And then you bring in, you know, you know, Shen at 258 hits, which leads to the National Hockey League. So, you know what? These guys are going to play to their strengths, the guys that are new to the roster. And I think you're going to see a guy like Aston Reese, uh, elevate his game um, because he'll just know what he needs to do with those other two guys in the four hole if he gets that opportunity. So a little bit of a different look in this back end in terms of new faces. You said Luke Shen, obviously they've got uh, Jake McCabe, who is an exciting addition. Eric Gustafson, we just had um, our buddy Jeff Merrick on, and we're kind of wondering where his fit would be. And if it is still with this team, if he's someone that helps shoulder some of the load of Geo, how are they going to roll with all of these defensemen? And if, in your opinion, you think that there's a move to be made because it seems like a hell of a lot of bodies on the back end. Yeah, I agree. You know, I've played around with that group of uh, of eight defensemen. I've tried to kind of, you know, figure it out here the last, I don't know, 18 hours or whatever it is. And, <laughs> and you're right. You know, it's it's like when you go Riley, I don't even know what the pairings are going to be, but, you know, it, it, it looks like Gustafson and Hall, to me, would be on the outside looking in. But having said that, um, you can't have enough defensemen at the hardest time of the year. And I don't see how we can move anybody else out on the back end. I think you got to roll it out with eight. I think uh, I don't have the historical data in front of me right here, but um, I think that most Stanley Cup uh, champion type teams uh, or teams that go deep in playoffs, um, at least seven dress in playoffs and, and have an impact. It could even be eight, like the eighth guy might get a, a bit part of it. So, um, I'd rather keep everything and roll it out and, and keep them satisfied with being part of the team. Um, I understand that everybody wants to play games, but there's going to be two out. And for now, if a series against Tampa started tomorrow, I've got Gustafson and Hall out, um, and I've got uh, the rest of them in. So the Leafs have just under a million dollars of cap space projected if Matt Murray is activated. they got a ton now, I guess, if Matt Murray's still where he is, which is LTIR. You know, you mentioned Hall being potentially expendable, $2 million, but, you know, wanting to have, uh, you know, maybe eight, nine deep in terms of defensemen that can that can help you in the postseason. But it just feels like they're set up to do something else with a million dollars on deck and some moves to follow. If the Leafs did have one more area to upgrade in, uh, what maybe is the departing piece if it has to be that? If it's Sandine style, someone's got to come out to come in. Uh, what do you think Kyle Dubas has lined up here uh, with that million dollars and, and maybe the flexibility still to make a move and still to upgrade after what's been a feverish 10 days or so? I think the uh, the outlier for me is up front and it's Kerfoot. Um, and there's two ways you can attack it. You can attack it by adding another veteran player or, uh, you know, on the cheap uh, at the National Hockey League level. But I honestly think um, I honestly think they're, they're lining up for Matthew Nice to be coming out of school at the end of the year um, and and sliding into a spot here. They've got some protection, you know. Bobby McMahon can come in. Uh, Holmberg's been pretty good. Um, you know, Steve's even can play some games if, if Nice uh, struggles a bit out of the gate. But um, I don't know that um, that there's going to be another 
NHL type of a move by Friday. Um, I guess it's possible for sure. I, I haven't looked at the landscape of I'm running out of names that fit the, the category, and I'm more excited about the possibility of Nyes coming out at the end of the year and uh, sliding into a, a Leaf uniform. Okay, so if he is sliding into a Leafs uniform, which seems to be the way that everything's trending and the, the conversation that Dubas has had in front of the media is that they love him, they want him, but they're going to let him finish out his NCAA career. Is he going to have less of a role slash impact because of all these additions? And is that maybe a good thing for a kid that's coming in maybe with one or two games left in the regular season for the Maple Leafs and then to slot in to be a playoff contributor? Would that be a full-time role in your perspective? Like, I know you have eyes on him and you know how to do the scouting. So uh, the prize prospect, Matthew Nyes, at this point, where you see him being an impact with the Maple Leafs? I don't expect him if he if he signs coming out of school. I don't need him to score. That would be a bonus. What I need him to do is play to the other strikes of his game, which is, you know, track up and down the ice uh, the way he has been this year at the college level. He's really gone to another level, guys, with his uh, pace and his three zone detail. Um, you know, we always we we talked about it on the show, like all of us have talked about it for like a year now. We know he's a goal scorer. We know he goes to the hard areas. Um, I broke it down, and uh, it still remains the same. 99% of his goals uh, and his shots on goal come from between the hash marks in the middle of the ice or around the net. So this guy isn't a perimeter player. He might not get pucks at the NHL level early in his career as much, but what he can do is crash and bang, and he's a big body and create some space for some other people. So um, he'll be fine. Uh, he he'll be fine, and and and. Uh, there'll be less stress around them given the state of this lineup right now if that's the direction the Leafs decide to go. Where do you have him earmarked for if we're looking at the lineup? Like you just mentioned the fourth line, you probably don't want to disrupt that. You want the utility of all those hits and all those bruises potentially on the uh, opposing players. Does he have to play second line left wing? Is like That's where Nick Robinson was kind of pigeonholed. Is, is it kind of the same situation where that's where he would be long in, in terms of soft landings? No, no, he doesn't have to play in the top six at all. I mean, my, my guy out, and I don't want to keep beating up on this guy, but it is what it is. It's, this is decision time, and this, this team wants to go on a run. Kerfoot doesn't get to the hard areas. He's, he's, a, he's a water bug who's, you know, quick to space. He's up and down the ice, but, you know, he doesn't get to the high danger areas. He's a perimeter guy, and Kerfoot's the outlier for me. Nyes would slide in there. Um, at worst, uh, I believe in the current state of Kerfoot's game, Nyes will, will produce the same amount of offense at worst. And But the bonus is going to be the more um, – he's going to get to the high danger areas. He's going to be more physical. So he lands in the three hole, in my opinion, and he's not a guy that has to play in your top six all the time anyways. He might be a middle six uh, forward for the majority of his career on a good team, and there's nothing the matter with that. Maybe a guy who lines up, lines up with Ryan O'Reilly on a third line that can give him a little bit of that soft landing, a little of that defensive responsibility uh, O'Reilly could lend to him. Maybe that works out beautifully uh, for the Maple Leafs. So time for the amateur scouts to re-engage, right? They got a first-round pick coming back uh, with the Rasmus Sandin deal. I'm looking at what Dubas has done, and I, I love the flexibility, but it's all in for Dubas, but it's not all in for the franchise. Is that how you see it? I mean, the Leafs, it's hard to believe that they brought in six players and are scheduled right now to draft in the first round the next two seasons. Yeah, you know, it's all in for Kyle for sure. I, I don't know that Kyle, uh, you know, 
I don't, I don't know year over year if he doesn't think that he's, he's all in anyways. I mean, we, we're saying that contractually, and obviously it's, it's, we know what's going on there. We see it. Um, but given all these moves that have been made, um, I think the franchise is all in too. Like he doesn't make all these moves without Shanahan's approval. And then, you know, Shanahan goes up to the, you know, the board and says, you know, this is what we're doing. Like everybody keeps everything informed. My, my, my experience over the years of trade deadline, even at the draft when we were drafted first rounders is that our owner always wanted to know what was going on. Like, so this isn't uh, you know, a secret what's going on here. I really like the fact that they were able to get that first round pick back. Obviously, they could use it if they wanted to again before Friday. But more importantly, I believe, is that uh, they keep it. And uh, they need to somehow, on top of all these ads, get a little bit of more depth in the organization going forward. Yeah, right now, a net loss of just one first-round pick with six acquisitions. Pretty impressive, and I think one of the things, uh, or part of the good story that Kyle Dubas is writing at the moment. I, oh, I wonder yesterday, because you obviously had plenty of experience within front offices, how an afternoon like yesterday's does play out. Like, does Dubas have the Islanders and Canucks like, waiting? I'm picturing them in a group chat. Like, Is that how it goes down? Is there a group like, chat thing, Slack emojis, going on? Like, like, are they just all waiting for Washington to say yes to Rasmus Sandin and the first-round <laughs> pick? Like, how does that all work yesterday? Oh, I just had that group chat thing. Like, I'm just seeing Lou Lamorello trying to throw emojis back and forth. Or like liking, right liking the I message, guess, and they're like, for, does yeah. that mean you want the deal? Like, he just thumbs up. Like, yeah, what, help. Do you, what do you mean by that thumbs up, Lou? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then he leaves you hanging for 10 minutes. I can just see it. Um, listen, yesterday, I, I can't even imagine the amount of moving parts. I, I don't think people recognize uh, what goes on, um, not only with – at the front end, obviously, is the call to the, uh, the general manager on the other, to- on the other side. The build-up to making that happen in your own war room and you know, going through in a timely manner, going through your list that you've prepared and your targets that you've prepared – I'm sure the groundwork would have been laid uh, long before yesterday in a lot of categories, but um, the Engvall deal, like these deals, those are all phone calls that are made that to Lou and it's like, okay, Lou, like I've got this on the, on the hopper here. Um, If it happens, do you have interest in this? There's a lot of moving parts and then the trade calls and then the travel. And then, you know, some of these guys, are, are married with families like Luke Shen's wife is expecting and she can't fly commercial right now. Like, there's so much guys that goes into all of these types of transactions, like the human side of it. Um, it's exciting on the front end for the fans and it's a big business. And I know these guys are multi-million dollar athletes, but behind the scenes, man, it, it, that's, I can't even imagine the team travel guy yesterday. He must have just been pulling his hair out. We can imagine the, the equipment staff that's making new nameplates and jersey numbers and putting stickers on helmets and fitting these guys every day they come in. The people that had to coordinate them going to see Bruce Springsteen, that's a fun job. But there's a lot of moving parts over the last couple of days. Um, one would be for sure Shannon. I want to bounce back on that one because he'd been obviously part of this Maple Leafs organization for a while. He's he's not the same guy that they drafted fifth overall in 2008, but he has a lot of experience. He's won some cups. He's a, he's a great guy, a leader on and off the ice. What version of Shen are the Maple Leafs hoping that they can have here when he comes back to wear the blue and white? It's a really interesting journey, isn't it? And I mean, just think about how the game has changed since the time he entered the league. So, this guy's always been uh, a heavy player, you know, somebody that's uh, willing to engage physically. 
Um, there was a, a time, even recently, three years ago, I would suggest two years ago, even last year a little bit in Vancouver, where his pace was just, it was an outlier for me. And, I'm, you know, I'm like, he's on his last legs. Amazingly, and I think we can all agree maybe a little bit uh, with Spezza as well towards the end, end of his career. I don't know if they train a little different or they find a little something. They, they get a little bit more at the end of their, their career pace-wise. Shen's found a little bit more pace, but what he's done is he's adjusted his game. His routes to gap up and his routes to take away space have improved, and that speaks to his hockey intelligence. You know, So he's not straight angling, guys. He's He's taking them to an area where now he's got them and that big frame can, can close on them. So um, average foot speed, but uh, just an absolute horse right now in the back end. For me, he's playing the best hockey, arguably, of his career right now. Wow. Uh, that's music to the ears of Leaf fans for sure. Uh, surprised only a third-round pick was needed to get him? I had it on my projection as two-thirds, and I think that... Um, I'm, so I'm not surprised at the one-third in this draft. And the reason I say that is because a third in 2023 is right now trending to be equivalent of a late fourth in 2024. And that's just because of the depth of the draft class. Um, the draft class is, is that deep. So it's a rich give, to be honest with you. Um, but it makes sense at the same time. Foot speed might be somewhat similar, but in many ways, Sandine is the opposite of Shen. Uh, what does Rasmus Sandine have to add to his game to be trusted by a team that has Stanley Cup ambition? So Sandine, um, I like him on the power play as a distributor. I like him for you know, actually, he he, he gets all he all he gets everything he can get out of his size. He was one of the leading hitters on the Leafs, which is an astonishing statistic, but. Um, you know, he gets everything he can out of his game physically. The, the biggest thing for, uh, for him right now, for Sandine, is when, when he's under duress, like when guys are on his back pocket on the, uh, on the floor check, for example, um, he needs to... Looks like we dropped to... Sandine's gone. Jason Bukula so there. So is Jason Bukula. We'll be... Uh, Into the abyss. We'll never know if Rasmus Sandine can become the player that... Uh, <laughs> We expect him to be. I don't know if it's worth getting back because I think we were just about yeah, to let him go let on him that go question. About his day and... and Jason's going to be uh, on Sportsnet's trade deadline special on Friday, so you're going to hear a lot from him. A lot of good stuff there, too. I did want to ask him about Matthias Ekholm going mm-hmm. to Edmonton, what that means for the Oilers. Clearly, they've been looking for uh, a change. And if you look for the, you know, is Shen the, the exact opposite of Rasmus Sandin? Maybe not quite, but Tyson Berry and Matthias Ekholm, there's an exact opposite right there. Those are different defensemen. Of course, Tyson Berry's uh, tenure ended kind of unceremoniously here in Toronto and now does the same in Edmonton. They've got Evan Bouchard who stepped up and take a lot of those power play minutes away. So the need for that power, power play quarterback wasn't extreme, but uh, Matias Ekholm, I think changes the calculus a little bit for the Oilers. And of course I, we expect he'll be in the lineup against the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. And one of the, premier games here coming down the stretch. And that was Jason Bukla, who was our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online. And in the showroom, visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. That is... That's what a teammate's for. They're picking me up right there. I got you, buddy. I'm always one to make sure I get the reads. You know? If there's one thing I do well on this show is read the reads. Because I care about our sponsors and I'm still looking for a new car. Oh, that's (laughs) that's why. This is is, uh, for oneself. No, 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 never. But 
options are there. Um, okay, so yeah, we didn't get into Ekholm and we didn't get into Kane. Kane making his debut tomorrow on Broadway, of course. That'll be electric. Um, joining Vladimir Tarasenko and Panarin and Kane. Can you think it's of a, a better? better man, that power play, they're going to score six power play goals a night. Although you say that about the Leafs too, like how mm. could Tavares and Matthews, Marner and Nylander and Riley? Like it could be too many cooks in the kitchen. Honestly, I, I worry. There's a lot of superstars on that team. It's like the only team that perfected that, and I maybe am putting my foot in my mouth here was saying it because I don't know how the Tampa Bay Lightning power play is functioning, but they really like. You know, we're talking about like super teams and all these an abundance of elite talent, and you put them all on the same mm-hmm. a power play, and it's overwhelming. It doesn't seem like it always works the way it worked it's for true. Tampa, at least when the, all those guys first got together. You got Braden Point in the bumper there, changing the dynamic with Stamkos and Kucherov on both sides in the big shot with Hedman. Like that seems like the perfect power play, right? And sometimes it just doesn't work all that work out the way you expect it to. Although the Rangers with those four players. Adam Fox, if you just keep Adam Fox up there and change out the forwards and you can split it with two units, uh, you definitely have something there. So you'll get to see those Maple Leafs tonight in action. I guess the Oilers are at 8 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 590th fan. And, of course, Gord Stelic and Brent Gunning will have you Leafs Nation immediately following the game. And the Leafs talk on YouTube. So lots of ways to get going on this West Coast Canadian road trip. Leafs tonight against the Oilers and then tomorrow against the Flames, who... Also haven't really done too much here. No, and uh, it's been a disappointing season, clearly, for the Calgary Flames. Uh, probably not going to make the playoffs at this point. I think it's definitely an uphill battle. Uh, we, I had him pegged for the President's Trophy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a great season. Clearly, there's something going on with Daryl Sutter and those players and the, and the additions not exactly meshing the way they had expected. They lost of what a lot of what was working so well last year, it seems, with you know, just the mix, the composition of players and Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau leaving town. Yeah, we probably should have expected it to have a pretty sizable impact, even if they brought in capable talent to replace them. Okay, so let's take a break. We'll do the wake and rake on the other side. I got some sprinkler stories that we didn't get a chance to go through, including some live golf stuff because everybody loves Mm -hmm. live, love, live. Live, love, live. Something like that. Um, on the other side, Wake and Rake. Yeah, send in your picks at 595.90. Lease Oilers, full slate of NBA and NHL. We have some college basketball in the text line. Neil's back. I felt bad. I forgot to read Neil's picks yesterday. I let everybody down. I. It's hard to maneuver the text line sometimes, and I... I let us down. It wasn't because Neil didn't no, have the best there. day. It's we, we always have time for Neil. But the we picks just... that he picked... The guy withdrew last, yesterday. So I think it got voided. It's a, it's so a it's no result. So good, I, yeah. I actually just... It was a wash. I predicted that happening and thought, save our airtime for today. So Neil's getting his red first, for sure. I think that's for the break. We'll do the Wake and Rake and our additional kicker stories that we missed from today. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money. With Ailish and Justin. All right, it's time for the Wake and Rake. The Maple Leafs get the new look Leafs tonight against the Oilers. 8 p.m. Lots of faces in and out. New jersey numbers, new lines to figure out. Nicknames, different time zone. Could be a fun, could be a fun, messy one, really. I'm, I'm banking on messy. I like that. 
I'm definitely banking on Messi. Oh, actually, you know what? Messi, maybe just from the Edmondson side of things. Yeah, there's going to be a feeling out process, I think, mm-hmm. on both sides. At home, expected to play, but traveling also today. So he might be a little jet lagged. But lots of new bodies, lots of new faces. The acclimatization process begins. Could that lead to goals? I hope so, based on my wake and rake pick. Yeah, I got some goal thoughts, some goal props as well in my uh, ponderings of tonight. My pick's not coming from Leafs Oilers because the whole text line is all over it, and so are you, so I'm going to go elsewhere. But we uh, we want to play some of an interview we had yesterday. Yeah, so we uh, it's uh, it's tough to not play an interview with a Hall of Famer. Well, we did catch up with a Hall of yeah. Famer yesterday, Phil Housley, immediately. And he was based, cut from the program. Based on the three deals that the Maple Leafs made it was a little bit dated but we got some great thoughts from Housley on two players that are now Leafs that were coached by Housley with the Buffalo Sabres that being Ryan O'Reilly and Jake McCabe McCabe also played for Housley at the 2013 World Juniors where he won gold with Team USA so it was a great chat and we don't want it to be lost in vain so we got a couple clips from that conversation ones that still apply to the current state of the Maple Leafs and I thought it was particularly interesting his thoughts on Jake McCabe let's hear those now well, I think Jake, yeah, our relationship goes way back to 2013 when he was our captain at the World Junior Championships in Ufa, Russia. Um, one of the reasons I picked him as captain because I really liked his character, his integrity, the way he approached the game, and um, he was a no-nonsense guy. And it, at that time, it was a it was a great pick. He scored some huge goals for us in that tournament. Obviously, his path, you know, going to Buffalo and. And what it and what it requires to be an everyday NHL player, you know, sometimes it takes players to get adjusted to that, and then obviously not playing in the playoffs throughout all of his career, especially in those Buffalo and hard years. He he plays the game very hard, um, which sometimes uh, you know involves injuries because he's sort of that all-out guy, blocking shots. He's not afraid to. Uh, you know, make a big hit, um, and he, you're you're getting a guy that's going to provide some added depth. And uh, uh, obviously, Toronto's going to make the playoffs. I think, and they're ready to make a deep run. And uh, you know, it, sometimes when you make it, those decisions, you're going to make, you're going to have to have depth because some guys will get hurt, they'll get hit by a shot, and I think he's going to be an excellent addition. I think he's going to be very excited to, to join the Maple Leafs. Yeah, so a couple things there. Uh, we did ask if like Morgan Riley should be his playing mm-hmm. partner, if he should be the number one guy top pairing Jake McCabe, and he kind of went back to the depth thing that maybe that's not necessarily his role. Maybe it's just upgrading on Justin Hall for this season and the foreseeable future. But also he pointed to like McCabe relishing the opportunity to finally play in big games to be that playoff player. Cause maybe he's more of a playoff player or a playoff performer than a regular season performer. And of course he's got great numbers this year playing with Seth Jones. He has been playing top pairing minutes for a bad team and getting decent results, at least in a relative uh, sense. But he feels like this is a playoff performer. Who's going to finally get the chance to be a playoff performer, which is exciting if you're a Leaf fan. And it's all about putting those puzzle pieces in the right order now. And I think that that's going to be a, a challenge, but a welcome one, I'm sure, if you're Sheldon Keefe. And Kyle Dubas giving the keys over and saying, here you go, here's some shiny new toys, let's make them run. So we did ask uh, Phil about how you, you know, kind of put everyone in the best opportunity to succeed, but also give some grace because 
as we said, they're coming in on, on, a, on a new team on the road, haven't been in Toronto yet, new faces, new lineups, new strategies. So here's, uh, here's Phil talking about the challenge that Sheldon Keefe will face with getting some new players integrated into the lineup. When you bring in new players, other players might move. They might get less minutes. So um, you are going to have to really explain, you know, why, uh, where, where, where you're coming from. And uh, so the, the players understand that, you know, we're, we're trying to build here to, to get past the first round and make a deep playoff run. Uh, and I think guys will, will be excited. They'll, they'll make adjustment. It, it will be tough at first because some players have been playing more minutes and have been accustomed to play, maybe playing in the third line role instead of getting bumped down to the fourth line. So all those little things inside the locker room, and, and, and maintaining the, the, the strong relationships that you've built already to make space for the new guys is going to be an adjustment. See, I think one of the good things about what the situation the Leafs are in, like, yeah, I guess, you know, the, people were sad to see Pierre Engvall and Rasmus Sandin go. There are going to be players who are going to be a little upset that that had to happen. I think everyone sort of understands. But yeah, friendships, you know, bonds that are being at least temporarily broken, at least from a teammate perspective. But one of the good things is it's like a complete line change. Like, there are so many bodies coming in that's just like, hey, can we create a line out of the new players that we brought in and have them be impactful? Yeah, I think Sheldon Keefe can do that. And really, the one concession I think that's being made, like, yeah, maybe Alexander Kerfoot drops and maybe David Camp's not the third-line center anymore and he's the fourth-line center. That's okay, but it's on John Tavares, really, right now to change and to adapt and to make concessions and mm -hmm. to take a perceived demotion as long as he's playing with Ryan O'Reilly. So we'll see how it all shakes down. Lots of opportunity for Keefe. Uh, to integrate, but it could be as much as 33% of the roster overhaul, six wow. out of 18 skaters. Big is, numbers is, guy. It's pretty remarkable. Well, I stole it from Mike Zeisberger. Oh. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a big number. It's a lot of players to integrate into a new system. Uh, it could go one of two ways, but I think they're, I think it depends on who's coming in and who already exists. And the top guys, their role, other than John Tavares, unchanged. And the guys coming in, they should be motivated to make a change and make a difference for this team. Honestly, today's lineups, those of you that are at the Edmonton Rogers place, mm -hmm. it will be a mad dash to Twitter to, to tweet out those line rushes this morning. Oh, yeah. Holy, it's a big content opportunity. It is a, there's your content play. Fly them out, get them there. First one up with the lines is going to get... Probably four, 40,000 retweets. <laughs> yes. It's going to be all eyes on who they put out, what color jerseys people are wearing. You think Dubas just waits till practice to make that next move, though? Just to, just to mess add everyone to the up. drama and intrigue? <laughs> I thought it was so funny, the Sandine watch, the walking off the I felt bad for the kid, for sure. I was wants to get traded mid-practice, mm -hmm. but... I wasn't like immediately convinced he was being traded. And then it was like five minutes later. Oh, he's getting traded. Rasmus Sandin's on the way out. Yeah, we still don't, we'll still probably never know how that conversation goes, how they address it. Um, sorry, excuse me, sir. We actually just need to talk to you uh, in the uh, dressing room uh, and please bring all your stuff. <laughs> You're not going back out <laughs> well, there. Well, it's definitely someone who can't say anything, but like, you know, by the look on their face, like it was probably a member of the PR staff had to run yeah. over and it's like, oh, why is, why am I getting called off the ice by a member of the PR staff? I kind of, I kind of know, but I can't tell you as a member of the PR staff, what's, what exactly is going on. So Sandy knew, and it looked like he knew by that walk, but he didn't exactly know where he was going. What I was think, worse, until... that walk or when Corey Perry had to walk off the ice at the winter classic about, I don't know, two lengths of a football field by himself. Perry's walk was worse because <laughs> you're getting mocked by like, no, I know. 
There were oh, shades like of Corey of Perry of at the Winter Classic, yeah, was the head, the head down. It's kind of awkward to walk in skates, too, and it's like and you're you waddling off the ice. Waddle. Yeah. Well, Tough scenes. Sandine off, Engvall out the door as well. New look tonight uh, from the Maple Leafs. Will we see Matt Murray reactivated from LTIR because he's eligible today? Or do they push will. that another two days until well, the trade deadline? What did, what did Dubas say? If you got time, use it. I'm... I, he probably mm-hmm. will take the time to at least stash major dollars uh, off the books until he has to make that decision. And I guess he has to make that decision. No, I guess he doesn't really have to. But if you really want to get the clearest picture of what the postseason roster will look like, maybe he has to do that. Cap machinations, whatever. I, I think if he has time, though, like he said, he'll use it. The whole text line is we've been asking the pulse, right? Like, how are you feeling about Dubis? Everybody is saying... Along the same lines, the same thing. Love what we've done. Absolute masterclass. Ooh, I thought there'd be a little bit, a but, little bit of negativity. But we need another goaltender. Another goaltender. Need another goaltender. Can't go in the playoffs with what we have. Need, they need to find a way to get a goaltender. Corpusalo. Oh yeah, last late last night. If you're just waking up, he's off the the trade block. Who's available? Get someone. Matt Murray for whoever. Like it's in, in a perfect scenario, I I can see that. But I don't know how many goaltenders are a massive upgrade at this point that are available uh, and, and it's not even i guess it's not a massive upgrade doesn't need to be upgrade you want to upgrade but how can you be sure you've upgraded you know what i mean unless you're getting vasilevsky like, am i sure somebody literally texted and was like oh just trade for vasilevsky well like, i mean let's all right what world are we in here I was a little reluctant to even say UC Saros's name yesterday because I thought that was ridiculous. <laughs> but we, we, you know, I mean, that's that would be an upgrade, obviously. Is Corpus Allo an upgrade on Ilya Samsonov this year? I don't think so. I don't know, though. Is he an upgrade on Matt Murray? I don't even know that. Is he more likely to be healthy than Matt Murray? Yes. I guess there's an upgrade there in, like, Attendance. <laughs> Attendance being important. But like, like level is, of comfortability someone, upgrade, yeah. Is someone gonna unseat Sam can you get someone to unseat Samsonov within like the range of salary and what you have in order to spend? Yeah, that would be awesome if you could do that. Someone with term, that would be awesome. But I don't know if it's realistic to get someone that you know is going to slot ahead of Elias Samsonov. I feel like it's another lottery ticket that you're bringing in. And I'm not against bringing in another lottery ticket because that's the game they're playing. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they've hit a bit of a home run here so far with Samsonov. That could all bite them in the butt in the end for sure. But it feels like you have two lottery tickets. If you add a third, are you really helping yourself? Because it could be that Samsonov just takes the ball and runs yep. with it. And, and that then- would be great, I guess. But unless it's a sure thing, I don't know if you can spend that much for it. Well, they- It's a tough situation because you don't know what you have necessarily in... Samson, Avin, Murray. Mm-hmm. The good thing is there's two days to find out. <laughs> and we'll have a full day of trade deadline coverage on Friday on Sportsnet. Sportsnet 5.9 fans, so you'll be staying up to date. And, and if we're teasing Friday's coverage, I will be on. Yes, A special Justin. edition of Sportsnet Today. Big trade leader. deadline edition with Maddie Marchese from 11 to 1 Nobody on Friday. Nobody asked me to do that. So that's five of seven hours of live radio Friday for, for me. But stepping in for Merrick because he's got, you know, big fish to fry on the television I'm side. I'm proud of you. So 11 to 1 if you want to hear me continue to talk about Kyle Dubas. big, big spot. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Ash. I'm going to be tuning in on my drive to Buffalo. Oh, yeah. In the winter storm warning that's coming. Perfect. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I'm going to text you getting him. a head start on that drive? You know I'll be all over 590-590. Of course. I'm going to get a head start on that drive because uh, it sounds like it's going to be a scary one. Ian, the snowplow driver, my buddy, he confirms... 
and they know best. There you go. Okay, let's go through some wake and rake picks here. Um, we got Maple Leaf stuff all through the text line. Um, you are picking from tonight's Maple Leafs game. Yeah, I was originally going to go with the over because I think, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a scoring bonanza between these two teams. You got the leading goal scorer in the NHL. You got last year's Rocket Bouchard winner. Everyone's on the same sheet of ice. Mm-hmm. Everyone's feeling good after both teams added at the trade deadline. But I'll keep it simple. I'm just going to take the Leafs. Actually, I guess this is more complex than simple. <laughs> I'm going to take the Leafs team total over three and a half minus 105. Mm-hmm. It's a better price than the minus 125 to play the just the simple over under. And I think I'm more inclined to believe that the Maple Leafs will do the goal scoring tonight and win this game, win a high scoring game four or five to two. I guess that would still, if it's four two, it's not the over team. It's not the complete game over, but it would hit the Leafs team total over. And I like the Leafs team total over, over three and a half minus 105. I think the Leafs uh, take advantage of a defense that's not yet fortified with Matias Ekholm. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a little bit of a ramp up process. And even if he's in the lineup, he traveled today. That's not necessarily the best thing for a defenseman who's going to be in a big spot. So Leafs get the job done. They play inspired. They score a ton of goals in Edmonton tonight. Okay. So new goal props up for your newest Maple Leafs. Jake McCabe to get his first eight plus eight fifty. Luke Shen plus ten fifty. <laughs> you got to give us more than that for those guys. Come on, uh, the butcher's got to be plus two thousand for yeah, me. Yeah, there's uh, there's not much value there, but of course you know it's a Zach Hyman revenge game plus one sixty. Smash that one all night long. There's no chance that he doesn't score. That's what he does. Um, at home for his first goal in the in the Oilers jersey plus six hundred. Just things to consider. That's just... Well, Cody Ceci plays for this team, too. Remember him? I do. Plus 1,500. That's more like it. That's... I think all those guys should be around the 1,500. I think they probably will all put the puck in the neck. Um, okay, for tonight, my Wake and Rake's going to come from hockey as well. Rangers, Flyers. Flyers are bad at hockey. Uh, Three-game losing streak. They have a brutal goal differential. The Rangers are now riding this absolute wave of momentum, knowing that Kane is joining their lineup tomorrow. They want to get... The vibe's continuously high. They're on the road, but it's no problem for me. I'm liking them on the puck line, plus 120. When you're in a position where you can wait on adding Patrick Kane and just have him roll at the red carpet mm-hmm. or blue carpet uh, for the blue shirts at Madison Square Garden, like if you're feeling that comfortable about yeah, yourself, confident. I like you against the Flyers. Yeah, so um, plus 120 on the puck line, the Rangers over the Flyers. Let's put in a anchor pick. All righty, let's do it. All right. Um, hi, Alish and Justin. Uncle Joel here. Juliana's uncle from Ron and uh, uncle and Ron from Markham's brother. (laughs) Wow. Since our Western Mustang men's basketball season ended last week, I'll have to chance to chime in here tonight. Let me interrupt for a second. I'm a former West. Well, I'm not a Mustang. I guess I, well, I am. If if you're a non-student athlete, are you a Mustang? A couple intramural, uh, a couple Frisbee finalists. I got the I got the purple shirt. Anyway, go on. I think that's why I said that. Tonight I like Tatum over twenty seven and a half points. He was ejected last game and I see him bouncing back at home. Um Shea in oh, same game parlay. I thought that was his initials. You this is your flu game. <laughs> Buddy, I am oh, okay, I'm okay, holding okay. on here for dear life. Um same game parlay in the Leafs and Oilers. He likes Matthews over shots, McDavid over shots, Marner over assists, and Bunting over points. Odds eight to one. Good luck tonight. Thank you for giving my brother and my niece the morning joy you provide on their commute to work and school. Oh, that's nice. A little heart is warm. I have to bet that. 
Uh, Parlay Poppy delivered two bangers yesterday in his return, and he got a prosciutto pounder of the day. I hope that's not something I shouldn't have said. He's got the Phoenix Suns minus 10.5. The line was 9.5 last night, already moving. Better get on it quick before the train leaves the station. Durant's debut will be underwhelming, he says, but the team will handle business against the LaMelo ballless Charlotte Hornets. No plumley in the paint means it'll be a doozy. For DeAndre Aiden, I kinda, I'm kind of, if we're talking vibes, Suns to blow out a bad team who just mm-hmm. lost their best player with Kevin Durant making his debut. That's pretty legit. That's one to circle, I think. It's pretty legit. Um, I like that one a lot. Eric from Burlington, good morning. Leafs puck line, easy. Gary from Caledon got John Tavares over 0.5 points at minus 166. Great odds. It's 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 uh, not exactly the juiciest odds, but yeah, I could see Tavares scoring one tonight or getting a point. High point. Minus one and a half tonight. Don't know what that is. Grand Canyon money line plus 180 has a whole lot of value tonight. Watch out. Grand Canyon to run the table in their conference tourney as well. Also love James Madison to win the Sunbelt tourney at plus 380. Chad from Peterborough. Chad vying for uh, specialist status with the NCAA Very tournament. So. We might have to track these picks to make sure that uh, we know that he's leading us in the right direction here. Okay. Neil from Newfoundland. Cam Nori, as you mentioned, Alice had to withdraw yesterday. So no result. But he's got a pick that he loves from ATP. Love with a capital L-O-V-E. Yes, yeah, very important. ATP Santiago. Nick Jari, who we cashed with over three and a half games against Diego Schwartzman, who we've already faded so far with Neil. He's been riding Jari for the last few weeks. He's been lights out, not dropping a set, except to champion Carlos Alcaraz. Schwartzman is on the worst run of his career with a 1-12 record in his last 13, winning just two sets along the way. Jari minus three and a half in his hometown versus Diego Schwartzman. <laughs> Incredible. Jagan Scarborough says, shout out to Parley Pape, who hit all his picks yesterday. I'm going with Nylander over shots today. Ian here, finally no snow to deal with until Friday, he says. Ball <laughs> out for the year. Rogier over 22 and a half points, minus 105 for the Hornets. Easy money, he says. Um, okay. Wake and Rake pick is bouncing over to college basketball. Here we go again. TCU money line versus Texas. TCU's at home revenge spot. Last time they played, TCU was up 15 at the end, and Texas came back to beat them. They're going to be pissed. TCU all day today. That's Corey in Waterloo. Okay, three more here. Busy text line. Uh, good morning. Up. Yesterday, Ron and Juliana went two for two. Brooks did it again. He did cash. I was the trap door. The mm-hmm. Warriors came back from down 17 to beat Portland by 18. Wow, that's a swing. Uh, today's anchor, uh, Ron is going... Back to Brooks, but the opponent is a lot easier with the Houston Rockets. Oh, no, sorry. That's what uh, he's considering. But instead, he'll go Mikhail Bridges over 19 and a half points. He's hit that in 10 of 12. Maybe they haven't adjusted since he moved from Phoenix to Brooklyn. Juliana will keep it simple with Tatum over 27 and a half points. That's the second Jason Tatum over 27 and a half points. Alt parlay, Bukayo, Saka, sorry, Alish from Arsenal. Anytime goal plus 170. Morning, guys. Don't know how you can go without Leafs, Oilers over six and a half. Lock it in. Ken on the 400. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And finally, morning, one-on-one last night, Pistons versus Bulls over 22, 224 and a half. Uh, and 76ers minus two and a half. 76ers, oh, he's picking the 76ers minus 2.5, sorry. And Leafs and Oilers minus 130. He's got the Leafs. That one was hard to read. That's Buff Daddy. We need a little bit more punctuation, Buff Daddy. Buff Daddy, just in all spaces, no punctuation. Yes. Okay, Um, so a lot there. What uh, What are we circling here? Tatum's got the support. Big Tatum I like the night. Phoenix Suns one. I think mm-hmm. we could extend it all of Ranch to Parlay Poppy who made his return. We could do that. I think those are my top two, but I'll let you uh, choose it because I was the trap door yesterday. Let's do Parlay Poppy and the Suns. Oh, Dylan Brooks under. <laughs> 
of course, someone texted that in last second. Yeah, Dylan Brooks actually had headed into the arena. A tough look. What was that? Was that the Stone Cold Steve yes. Austin look? Was, were there jean shorts? You can't Do I remember be jean showing shorts? up in an outfit like that when you consistently hit unders. No, I said it total. to you. I was terrified. I was like, well, "This is he's going over." There's no way you walk into the arena and what score six points. I don't know what his final total brutal. was, but that's rough. That's rough. Well, he keeps hitting under, so I guess he's a Hall of Famer under. The anti-Hall of Famer. Let's do Suns minus 10.5 on the spread. Uh, lots of reasons why this game could be a great one. We're going to do uh, f- our parlay of Maple Leafs team total over 3.5, Rangers on the puck line versus the Flyers, and the Suns minus 10.5 on the spread against the Hornets. Altogether, that's plus 741. That's a juicy one. Your plus money helps us out a lot. I like it. So a couple of things there that we can uh, circle and maybe play individually, but the parlay is a juicy one. Let's circle back here on Kyle Dubas after yesterday's flurry of moves. Uh, I think we were really overwhelmingly positive in the first hour for what he's done. And I think there's a couple of reasons for it. I think he's made this team better, but he's maintained flexibility and he's put this team in a position where it's like the future is not really compromised. Mm-hmm. They, they are scheduled to pick now getting Boston's first round pick back in the next two first rounds. And they added six players to this team. Like and they're I, not all. It's, it's really hard to rentals. say that. And they're, they're not all rentals. Mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly is the one risk factor. And that is. God, the, do we ever feel so confident too that he's going to stay? And I, <laughs> and I think there's reason to feel confident about that. He's it's got not passion. It's not like, it's not, I mean, Timo Meyer is a bad uh, comparison because he's a restricted free agent, but it's not its not somewhere where the next payday is the be-all, end-all for that player. It's not putting your eggs into the basket of a be-all, end-all guy who needs to make do on his next contract. If Ryan O'Reilly wants to be a Leaf, there's a pathway for him to be a Leaf, and that's the same for pretty much everyone that they acquired at the deadline. Some are already under contract. Others, you might expect, uh, could you know further along their relationship if they so choose. Uh, I think Dubas has put this team in a really good spot. It's all in for him, and it is all in for the Leafs, but it's not a disaster. It's not going to be someone picking up the pieces mm-hmm. if it doesn't go well this summer. Some new GM will have a lot, will have the framework framework to work moving forward on and won't be looking at the prospect cupboard and the draft capital and thinking, I got no chance here. I got to tear down. Dubas has put this team in a great spot right now and in the future, and that's why he's done a pretty terrific job, and that's why I'm comfortable saying, even if Jeff Merrick's not comfortable saying it, that it is <laughs> a masterclass. And still two days and a few hours until we find out the full, completed look at the Maple Leafs trade deadline here. But at this point, if you went in with a wish list and you said, I want to get tougher to play against, check. I want to get a deeper bottom six that we have never really felt too confident with in big playoff moments, check. I want to get proven Stanley Cup winners and veterans that can perform in big moments, check. I want to get a guy from a really cool hamlet in Ontario <laughs> called Clinton. Check. Like, the oh. list goes on of things that you wanted that have happened. Do you also want to keep Matthew Nice at this point? Check. Do you want to be able to draft him in the first round of the next year or two? Check. Like, I, I'm, I'm struggling to find where we can start to find holes other than the, the crease. And that hasn't been addressed yet. There's still two days. Maybe they don't do that. Maybe they don't. But that's a risk that you're willing to take when you started the season. And it really is the beauty, I think, of what Kyle Davis has done is that if there's an opportunity to improve at any place in the roster, he can do it. He can turn that first-round pick he got into something back in return. He can package a Kerfoot and make the money that he needs to make 
or that, that he needs to clear out in order to make space for that player. Maybe it's Hall and $2 million there. Maybe it's Matt Murray. There are so many options here. I feel like if anything comes by the table, by the desk, by the boardroom of the Maple Leafs, they can sit here and consider it. Their hands are not tied at this point, and they've done more than any other team, which is a remarkable position to be in, really. Get to see them tonight at 8 p.m. on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 590. The fan over in Edmonton, your Toronto Blue Jays are also Play the Baltimore Orioles today at 1 p.m. That's streaming on sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. Yesterday, they had two uh, two games, split squad games. They played a pair of them and lost one and won one, so split the split squads. But we got to see Ricky Tiedemann make his first appearance of the spring. He looks good. Yesterday, he I thought it was going to be the Tiedemann show. And then I know. Kyle Dubas I wish went it off. was. We'll have lots of time to talk to Tiedemann, but he looked great. We saw Chris Bassett make his spring debut as well. They're on today. Um, you can catch them. 1 p.m. streaming. And, of course, Maple Leafs, a full day of stuff here on the network. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for grinding through, Ailish. Yeah. It's a tough flu game for Ailish. But we'll be back tomorrow morning. Baby Friday will always bring the vibes. See you then.